who's he? <laughs> well, my wife and I, uh, we, we went on our cruise to the Baltic countries. And if you want to know all about it, talk to my wife. <laughs> because for me, you're just going to get a few sentences. And the main sentence is, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. It's like a floating buffet. You know, that's what those cruises are like, floating buffets. Yeah. Uh, you don't see many real skinny people on those buffets, but uh, those uh, cruises. So when I came home, you know, ja Jackie's, lately she's on this kick. When she, you know, when she meets us from the airport, she holds these big signs to embarrass us. Well, she went over the top. She didn't pick us up from the airport, but we went, um, we, we came in, we drove to our home, and there's a big sign, I mean, a huge sign, and it says, it said, welcome, mom and dad, welcome home from ch senior cheerleading camp. You know, I've got, I, I have to live <laughs> in that neighborhood for a while. And they're going to wonder what kind of, what kind of people we are. And Katie, I got to tell the story. Okay, I got permission. Because this, you know, you're one of the family and I embarrass my family members all the time. So, so, so Joe and Katie are watching my wife's two dogs, okay? My wife's two dogs, trust me. <laughs> they love her. I'm just around. So there's blueberry and mango. And I tell people I've got two pit bulls, but actually they're little bitty poodles. It's more manly to say you got a pit bull. So, so uh, blueberry, when you call her, she'll come most of the time. But mango, she's, she'll look at you and and do her own thing, you know. She's not highly trained. And uh, one of the ways that Pat gets her in the house is yelling, chicken, chicken, okay? That's, that means you're going to be fed something to the dog. So bless their hearts, Joe and Katie are watching our dogs. They move into a new place. Our dogs decide to act like they were just purchased. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? All over their new carpets. Okay, but the funniest, the, the funniest, and I get a chuckle when I think about this. So they're in this really nice, they're living in this new neighborhood. Um, and Katie lets Mango out to do her thing. And she just runs in the neighborhood. So here's, so, so here's dignified Katie running around in her new neighborhood going, going, Mango, chicken, Mango, chicken. <laughs> Mango chicken. Mango chicken. You can imagine what her what her neighbors are thinking about her. Mango chicken. Who's this who's this new crazy woman that lived that just bought that house? I think that's so funny. So funny. It's a true story. She'll tell you all about it. Ask her if she wants to watch our dogs again. I don't think so. It'll take at least five years to heal. So on the prophecy that we heard, it's real interesting. The prophecy um, that we heard was about ca uh, caring one for another in the many aspects of caring one for another, and the fact that we're to be an example for the non for the non believers. Well, 
that's kind of an introduction to what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about today is something very common. It's a, it's a very simple message, but it's something we need to hear again. Why is that? Because we live in a world that is dog eat dog. Okay? Can you agree with that? We live in a world that is not real. There's not a lot of civility anymore. You don't find you don't you don't find men giving up their seats for the women anymore. You know, I you don't. Very few. Uh, you don't find guys opening the 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 doors for women. You just don't find a lot of kindness in the world today. You know what I mean? You may be kind to your <coughs> the fellow Joneses or the fellow Spilkeses be kind one to another sometimes, but not always. Even in families you don't see, you don't see this, this kindness. So I want to talk about, about something that's it, it, a very simple act, but it's an act that needs to be done. I want to read something here. It's a story. In, 1960, in 1996, that's not too long ago, an 11-year-old black boy moved with his parents and family to a white neighborhood in Washington, D.C. Sitting with his two brothers and two sisters on the front step of their house, he waited to see how they would be greeted. They were not. People turned to look to them, uh, but no one gave them a smile or even a glance of recognition. At the fearful, uh, all the fearful stories he had heard about how whites treated blacks seemed to be coming true. Years later, writing about those first days in their new home, he says, I knew we were not welcome here. I knew we would not be liked here. I knew we would have no friends here. I knew we should not have moved here. As he was thinking those thoughts, a white woman coming home from work passed by on the other side of the road. She turned to the children and with a broad smile said, Welcome! Disappearing into her house, she emerged minutes later with a tray laden with drinks and cream cheese and jelly sandwiches, which she brought over to the children, making them feel at home. That moment, the young man wrote later, changed my life. The act of kindness gave him a sense of belonging where there was none before. It made him realize at a time when race relations in the United States were still tense, that a black family could still feel at home in a white area, and that there could be relationships that were colorblind. Over the years, he learned to admire much about the woman across the street, but was first, uh, but it was that first spontaneous act of greeting that became for him a definitive memory. It broke down a wall of separation and turned strangers into friends. That woman who made young Stephen Carter feel welcome was Sarah, Sarah Kassenbaum, a religious Jewish woman who showed kindness. That young man, Stephen Carter, eventually be, became a law professor at Yale and wrote a book about what he learned that day. He called it Civility. Civility. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this, this time when I, when I get to preach this word. I believe it's, it's for our congregation. God, I pray you help my friends to really um, embrace what is heard. Help me speak clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what 
So the Hebrew word for kindness is hased. Now, I'm not sure if it's pronounced hased or chased. I'm not sure which way it's really pronounced. I, th I think it's chased, but I see the spelling is H-E-S-E-D. It may be one of these words like Hanukkah. They, people, they haven't, the Jews never got together how to spell Hanukkah. Some spell it with an H, some C-H and whatnot. It's spelled different ways. So I'm not sure if it's, if it's hased, hased, hesed, or chesed. I'm not sure either way. So it doesn't make a difference how it's, how it's really pronounced. It's the fact that you know the word, okay? So the Hebrew word for kindness is chesed. Are you with me? Okay. Now, I want to begin this message with a biblical account of Abraham instructing his chief servant to find a wife for Isaac. So in Genesis 24, verse 1, Abraham was now old and well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the chief servant of his household, the one who was in charge of all that he had. Let me stop here a second. Okay. Now, evidently, Abraham Morden had more than one servant because he had a chief servant. Okay. So there's more than one, and this one guy became the head of all the other servants. He said to the chief servant of his household, in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. I want to swear by the oath, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will get a wife for my son from the daughters of a Canaanite. You will not get a, I can't even read, will not get a wife from my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I'm living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. Now, if I was that chief servant, I would have asked Abraham a few questions. Questions about Isaac's future wife. What's the main characteristic I should be looking for, Abraham? That's one of the things I would ask. Should, the, should, should she come from a wealthy family? Should she be the most beautiful woman I see? Or should she be driving a new and fast camel? What is the main characteristic I should be looking for? A new and fast camel. You know, when, I, when, I, when Pat and I first got married, she had a really a hot car. Okay? Um, it, was, it was a Le Mans, and it was a, a, a hot car. And I thought, man, not only get a, a wonderful wife, but I get a hot car in the deal. You know what? Broke down about three months after we got married. <laughs> now... If I was a chief priest, a uh, chief servant rather, if I was that chief servant, I would have asked all those questions. Now, all Abraham's chief servant knew was that he was to find a wife for Isaac from among Abraham's extended family. That's really all, all he knew, nothing more. Now, there certainly must have been a reason why that servant became Abraham's trusted chief servant. You want to know the reason, I think? Mike, you want to know? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. But I do know that chief servant came to believe in the one true God like his master Abraham. And I say that because he prayed. He prayed to the God of Abraham, the God of Abraham, to give him the identity of the woman who was to be Isaac's wife. So let's read about this. In Genesis 24, 12, 
Then he prayed, O Lord, the, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness, or chesed, to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside the spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to the girl, to a girl, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown chesed to my master, kindness to my master. So, okay, I'm going to give you a quiz. This is a quiz. If you don't pass, we start from the beginning. Okay. What do you think was the one quality that identified Isaac's future wife? A, her strength in bringing up water from the well. B, she had the largest jar. C, she was the first in line to draw water from the well. Or her kindness. Okay, her kindness. <laughs> Who said what? No comment. Now, because she, sh because Rebecca showed chesed or kindness, she became Isaac's wife. The ancient Jewish scholars taught that the three characteristics most important to Jewish character are modesty, compassion, and chesed, or kindness. And they included the characteristic of kindness based on the acts of God and the fact that in the Torah, the Torah begins with an act of kindness when God clothed Adam and Eve and ended with, with God showing kindness and caring for Moses when he died. In Deuteronomy 34, 6, he, that's God, buried him, that's Moses, in, in, Mo, in Moab, <clears throat> in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Now, the ancient Jewish scholars also taught that kindness, or chesed, was greater, or is greater, than charity. And here's why. Charity is mainly done through money. But kindness may be done through money or through the acts of grace or acts of what people do. doesn't include money. Charity is mainly given to the poor. Kindness may be given to both the poor and the wealthy, can be given to everyone. Charity is given to the living. Kindness may be given to both the living and even the dead, as how God showed kindness to Moses when he uh, took care of him after he died. Hosea 6.6 6 is an interesting scripture that shows us the importance of your acts of kindness. The importance of your acts of kindness. Hebrews 6, uh, I said Hebrews, it's Hosea 6.6. 6. Hosea 6.6. 6. For I desire mercy, God says, I desire mercy, or chesed, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. And Yeshua quoted the prophet Hosea, when he was being challenged for eating with tax collectors and sinners. Let's read about this. In Matthew 9, verse 10. When Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners 
came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Now that word mercy is, in, in, is, is actually the, um, the word chesed. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come to call, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So this does not mean that Jesus was in any way opposed to temple sacrifices or sin offerings, because these were instituted by God. Jesus was simply expressing the preference of God and the fact that God is more pleased with kindness, even our mercy. See, mercy is actually and kindness that go hand in hand. He's more pleased with kindness than our mere external compliance with the duties of religion. That's what Jesus was saying. Are you with me? Okay, now we're going to turn the boat. We're going to turn the boat a few times. Turn the boat just a little bit. In Galatians 6, verse 2, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So, we're told, very simply, uh, we understand, to share each other's burdens. We know what burdens are. But what's, what is, Frank, what is the law of Christ? Well, the law of Christ, John 13, 34, is the new commandment that Jesus gave us. He said, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. You, so you must love one another. Brother, You've got to love me. You have no choice. Actually, you do. You can go into sin if you want to. You don't love me, you're a sinner. You're sinning. i got to love you. And we have to love one another. We don't see that a whole lot in the body of Christ. We just don't see it. To share each other's burdens includes showing kindness. By offering a helping hand. Kindness seeks opportunity to express itself. Kindness seeks out the needy. Kindness is not slow in meeting a need. And kindness that gives glory to God finds its source in God because in the life of a believer, it's actually one of it's actually a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You say, well, I'm not really a kind person. Listen, you're walking with God. You can become a kind person. It won't be hard. And because kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, believers have the supernatural ability to show kindness to others. It's a supernatural ability. Just like we have the supernatural ability to love others, and this means as disciples who desire to be more Christ-like, we must choose to clothe ourselves in, the godly, in godly characteristics. And kindness is one of the godly characteristics. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, 
clothe yourselves. In other words, you have to choose to put this on. You have to want it. Clothe yourselves with compassion. Well, I'm not a real compassionate person. Well, clothe yourself with it. Become one. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So, as a disciple, we know we're commanded to love. Amen? Amen. And the question is, how can you show love if you don't exhibit kindness, knowing that 1 Corinthians 13.4 tells us that love is kind and patient. Love is kind. We show, we can show our love by our chesed, our kindness. Let's turn the boat again. And let's go to the story of the Good Samaritan. In Luke 10, verse 25. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him the question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus tells the story here of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10.30. A Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by banditos. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he, then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn. There he, found, there he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I, I'm here. Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? As Jesus asked, the man replied, the one who showed him mercy, or chesed. Now the Greek word for mercy is here is, is elios, but that goes back into Hebrew for as chesed. When then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So, why didn't that priest or temple assistant take the time to help the man who is obviously in need of mercy? Why did those religious guys choose to ignore someone they knew who needed 
kindness? I'm not sure. Maybe they were too busy to take the time to show kindness. Too busy to show kindness. Maybe they were afraid to show kindness to someone who religiously believed different than them. Maybe on their journey they passed by so many other needing people that they became numb to those who are in need. Maybe. Turn the boat again. This is for the last time. Kindness is something people tend to remember. And that's why at a funeral, when given the chance to speak about the deceased, acts of kindness will often be the theme of what's remembered. I've done many funerals. And we give a chance for your testimonies to be given about something about the deceased person. People mainly talk about kindness. Chesed. They don't talk about, ah, he bought me a new suit. Not like, no, no. It's usually an, it's 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 with it's not the things that they did it's the it's the kindness behind the things, it's kindness. As I'm writing this message, I started thinking about the many people who showed us kindness, showed my wife and I kindness, and I started making a list, and so many people, so many people in so many places showed kindness, you know, and I just over the top of my head. Uh, many of you have showed kindness, showed kindness. I remember the time Pat and I were, were building our home, and uh, uh, some of you actually went out of your way to help us to um, uh, put, put stain. Thank you. <laughs> she, she must be one of them. <laughs> See, I can remember what you did, but I don't remember what it's called put stain on, on the woodwork, okay? And, and we worked so hard at this stuff. Kindness. I can, you know, I look at the building. I can remember when we ripped everything down when it was, um, and, 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 and it was just a, you didn't have to do this. It was just a kindness that you showed, not to me, but for this, 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 bod, this family. Kindness. Um, I, you know, way back when we, we were, I just got out of the military, and there was a couple, Don and Donna Phillips, no children. They live in a, a nice, a smaller home, a very nice home. And uh, they offered, they offered that we, if we could live there for, uh, they offered to let us stay there while our house was being purchased. And uh, it was supposed to be just for two weeks, one of being for a couple months. And it was, it, it was difficult on them, I know it was, but they were so kind. They never showed disapproval or anything like that. It was just an act of kindness. And there's, I have a whole list of things. I can remember a certain brother used to go to church here. Um, we moved to our, we moved to our home on 53rd. We used to live on 53rd off of Mill. We had just a, a gravel driveway, and he made arrangements. I didn't have the money to put a, a driveway in, but he found a way. He knew people that uh, worked. At, Concrete. He got he got me free concrete, and he came over and, and actually did it. He and his boys actually put our driveway in. Acts of kindness. There's so many things. Act of kindness. Act of even this even this this cruise that Pat and I took. Okay, you guys didn't have to do this. This was an act of kindness, or you were just glad to get rid of me. I'm not sure which one it really was, but I see it as an act of kindness. Okay, 
Acts of kindness. People remember acts of kindness. Acts of kindness. My, you know, one of the things that meant so much to my dad, and he mentioned it all through his life, was I was just a young kid about uh, 12 years, maybe 13 years old, and my dad had to work overtime. And, and um, <coughs> we, we just, he just had a house built, and, and the sod came in, okay? And my mother was worried about, about you know, the sod drying, dry, it was a hot day, it was drying out before my dad could, could lay the sod, okay? And I thought, I'll give it a rip. You know, I didn't say rip, but I'll, I'll do it for my dad. But it was that act of kindness that my dad talked about until he passed away. Acts of kindness, where somebody will come in and help you with plumbing. You know, they don't have to. You know, acts, just acts of kindness. You don't see much of that anymore today. Acts of kindness is, yeah, I'll come over. How much are you going to give me? But that's not kind. You know, acts of kindness. So when I look back, I can remember many people who showed me acts of kindness. I want to show you a video. Can we pull that up real quick? Down, dim the lights a little bit. I want you to see this before we end. Love is the mark of a Christian. And to show love, kindness is an attribute we must have as believers. But we don't think about it to put on. So I want you to think about it. Putting on kindness. Put on kindness. And be kind. Not only one to another, but to other people. That that short video touched my heart because I see, I don't know who's a believer and who's not, but unsaved people can be kind. We should be more kind. Even kind to people that we're not for, that we may not, they may not be our favorites. We're to be kind to everyone, not render evil for evil. Kindness, kindness is an attribute of a believer. Let's all stand together. And I want us to read out loud two scriptures. And I want these scriptures, I want these scriptures to lay upon your heart and to speak to you. We'll read these together out loud. I'll say, ready, set, go. And we'll read them out loud together. The first one is Ephesians 4, 32. Ready, set, Go, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 24, ready, set, go. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Kindness, kindness. Kindness outside the home and kindness within the home. Very easy message to remember. What did Frank speak on? Kindness. What did he say? Be kind. <laughs> <coughs>
receive this blessing. It comes from God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace in your heart as you're exhibiting kindness. Kindness to everyone. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.